pick up is sweet talk. Okay, let's take sweet talk. I like that. Isn't, you, see, you can sweet talk a woman. You can sweet talk a man. But you and I must learn how to sweet talk God. Because God is easily sweet talked. You can, you, can, you, can, you can sweet talk a man or a woman. But you can get to a certain point. You can upset the person so much. You can do something bad to the person because we are human. You can get to a certain level that will, not be, reverse, it will be irreversible. You can be in a marriage and something, you can say something or do something or in a relationship and to be irreversible. No matter the sweet talking, it won't change anything. But with God, you can do the worst to God. But when you repent and you sweet talk God, God is like, yes, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. I want to hear more. You and I must learn how to sweet talk God. Oh, hallelujah. You and I must learn how to do it. Because God is always ready. I will set his hand also in the sea. And his right hand in the rivers. Let's explain this verse. Go to the next verse. May God set your hand also in the sea and your right hand in the rivers. International. If you have a business, it will be international. If you have a ministry, it will be international. I will extend his rule from the Mediterranean Sea in the west to the Tigris and Euphrates rivers in the east. Meaning that an international. Hallelujah. I said an international rule. May you have an international blessing, whatever it is, you and I. I can't just say you. I also have to add I because I believe the words. Verse 26. Oh, glory to God. This happens to the worshiper. Verse 26. He shall cry unto me. Who, thou art my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Me that he will cry unto me and say, Lord, you are my father. But even in those days, they were not, God was not referred to as father, but as God. But when you are a worshiper like David, you can refer to him as my father. My God and the rock, the rock of my salvation. Jesus is the rock of my salvation. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. Let's continue. Wow. Verse 27. And I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of the earth. Now, this is very important. Let's look at another version of this. Firstborn, firstborn. Me, oh, glory. I will make him my firstborn son, the mightiest king on the earth. That word firstborn is first rank. It's not, so, this firstborn is the same as Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. And it explains, for by him were all things created. So Jesus is just first rank among many brethren. First rank to be resurrected with a glorified body. First rank in everything so that you have the preeminence. So this word firstborn is first rank. So God is saying that I'll make David my first ranking king. May God make you and I first ranking in whatever good thing there is. First rank. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know if you see what is. Who glory to God? I want, I, I, I want this. Verse 28. I want this. My mercy will, will I keep for him forevermore. And my covenant shall stand fast with him. God's covenant in the Bible. God will, will make sure it is firm. God will establish his covenant. God will keep his covenant. My mercy will I keep with him forever. 
and my covenant will with him will never end. You see, when David said, I'll build a house for God because of his worship to God, the Bible says that God said, because you have decided to do this thing, you are a man of war and blood, so you can't build the house, the, the temple, but your son will build it, but you can finance it. But because you have thought about this in your heart, because, so God tests the way we think. He, he, he tests us by giving us ideas and, and, and in wanting, he wants to see what we will say, how we will respond. Example, he might put a thought in your heart or your mind, do this or don't do this or give up this. And he will see, he might not necessarily want you to do it, but he wants to see what you will say in your mind. Even the dream, Solomon, even a dream, God was, he was able to use that to bless Solomon. God will test. God will test. Haven't we, aren't we on 29? Or is it? God will test. <clears throat> God will test it. So you and I, we must make sure that whatever is in our minds, always remember that God is watching our minds. God is watching our thoughts. <clears throat> because he, tra he, he, he tests our hearts, our motives. He tries the reins of our mind. He, 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 he tries it. He, he tests it. He tests it. So anytime I think of something, I always try to make sure, even my thoughts, even my thoughts, I make sure that somehow God is, 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 is ruling somehow or he wins. Can you give up everything for me? Or, hey, what if I had to give up everything for God or, and go to some place, some abandoned place? Then a thought will come. I don't just say yes, because if he tells you, okay, let's do it, what will you say? So you have to think about it. Then he's trying and testing. God, give me grace. Then yes, I can do it. Not... Yes. No, you can't just say yes immediately. Because Jesus said, the one who said, yes, I'll do, and didn't do it, was one person. Another person said, I'll not do it, and then later on said, I'll do it. Who did the Father's will? The one who said, I won't do it, but eventually did it. That's, more be that's better than, I'll do it, and you don't do it. Testing. Let's continue. Verse 29. His seed also will I make to endure forever. And his throne as the days of heaven. That's Jesus. David's seed. That's Christ. Verse 30. So God blessed David to make sure that his seed will come from him. It was prophesied anyway. But God just made it established. I will preserve an heir for him. His throne will be as endless as the days of heaven. His throne. If his... Look at this one. If his children forsake my law and walk not in my judgments, next verse. If they break my statutes and keep not my commandments, next verse. Then will I visit their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. It's still good, don't worry. Next verse. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. Meaning that he will punish when he needs to. But he will make sure that his loving kindness 
and his mercies will never fail. Oh, that's good. Because whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Come put your hands together for the Jesus. Because sometimes it is God's smooth, loving chastisement that keeps us on the way. We don't like it. But that's why we try. Let's do, let's do our best so that we will not be chastised. <laughs> because the chastising is not pleasant. How many are seeing it? So that's very important. So let's finish this series. Hallelujah. Let's look at what there's another. What does 34 say? My covenant will I not break, nor utter, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. I will not do that. Once have I sworn by my holiest, by my holiness, that I will not lie unto David. Hey, Imagine God is telling you that. God is saying that I will not lie to Cynthia. I will not lie to David. I will not lie to him. The creator of the universe, who created the universe, who, who created the angels who are so mighty that they can stand in, in the sun. Angels who stand in the sun. And the angel is like, holy, holy, holy. And this holy God say, is saying that he will not lie to you. <laughs> we serve a mighty God. Why is it important to praise and worship God? Let's list them and then we can continue. It is our duty to praise God as priests. Number two, we have what many others don't have. So we must be thankful to God, no matter what we're going through. Number three, because it is well with you. Weeping may endure for the night. Glory to God, but joy cometh in the morning. I said joy cometh in the morning. I said joy cometh in the morning. Number four, be thankful and praise God because you believe he has heard your prayers. Number five, in all things we must give thanks unto God. We can get this on podcast or YouTube or Facebook, uh, the, the full series. Number six, for the cross. Thank him for the cross. Number seven, praise and thank God because you are his servant. And there are many rewards for being servant, a servant of God. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's Isaiah 54, 17. Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are the called servant of God also. According to his purpose. Let them shout for joy and let them rejoice who favor my righteous cause. Let the Lord be magnified who has pros who had pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So God will delight in my prosperity or prosperity if you are a servant of God. Oh, hallelujah. So therefore, thank and praise him and shout for joy because you are his servant and the rewards are many. Number eight, because the Lord is good. Praise, worship, and thank him because he is good. Number nine, Jesus always gave thanks before he performed some multiplication miracles. If you want what you are doing to multiply, you want your efforts to multiply, what do you do? You give thanks. 
You can have a small amount of money. You are going to invest into something. Father God, I give thanks, and I thank you that it's going to blossom and it's going to multiply. I thank you. You have an application. Father God, I thank you that you've given me favor. Present it. I thank you. Because Jesus, when he was breaking the bread and the fish to feed the 5,000, 3,000, he gave thanks. Raising Lazarus from the dead, he gave thanks. So I give you thanks. This application is successful. Thank you. If it doesn't work, then it means that it was not going to help you. There's someone who was talking to me who was supposed to go do some sort of internship, do something. And I was excited about it, for it. Then the person said that God told them somehow that if they had gone to that place, a particular mound had destroyed her there. So she shouldn't go. So that was one way God delivered her. Another way would have been you won't get the internship. So, Father God, I give you thanks. If you didn't get it, know that it was supposed to be not, you, did, you are not supposed to get it. But once you are supposed to get it, once it's good for you, I give you thanks. You have it. What do you think? Amen. God created us for his pleasure. Number 10. Number 11, show appreciation to God for what he has done. Number 12, God does not like it when we are not thankful. That's Romans 1.21, Luke 17.11-19. Number 13, for prosperity. The ark. Number 14, it will make you one of God's favorite children. Ooh, that's... I want to be one of God's favorite. I believe you want to be one of God's favorite. But if you want to be someone's favorite, if you want to be your boss's favorite, what do you do? There's something you need to do. You need to do what your boss likes. Certain bosses want you to give them status reports every time. Others don't want to hear about status reports. They want to make sure that before the deadline, you're giving it whatever your boss wants. Our Heavenly Father has told us what he wants in the Bible. So if we do those things, we'll be one of his favorites. What do you think? And out of everything, the most important thing for God, out of everything we can do for him is to love him. That's number one, before anything. You can have someone who loves God and doesn't, I mean, he loves God. And, and, and it's not perfect. And you can have another person who is perfect, but is okay with God. God is looking for the, the one who loves him, who is not perfect. Yeah. God never promised Joseph or Daniel. Just those were good people. Joseph will run away from a woman. David will go to the woman. Joseph will forgive. David will kill. Yet, Joseph was not the man after God's own heart, but David. <clears throat> number 15 it delivers you from depression and heals you number 16 when you praise God in the midst of storm it promotes you what do you think then let's finish with the weapon now we've talked about the reasons now let's talk about the weapon <clears throat> praise is a weapon Last week, we talked about 
Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 25. Yes, let's use NLT to read it since we've talked about it. Hallelujah. Now, praise is a weapon. There are times you've prayed, they've poured oil on you, you've fasted, you've done every kind of prayer you can do, you've rolled on the floor, you've poured, they've poured ashes, sackcloth on you, they've done everything, and the problem is still there. No results. But there is something that gives you guaranteed results, and that is the power of praise. It's actually called the praise cure. It cures you from every disease. The praise not only cures you, but delivers you, pulls down every opposition, pulls down every stronghold, demolishes every argument, demolishes every evil thing that can be turned against you. And every problem of the devil is defeated by this cure. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed along behind us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell us how to be saved. The fact that it is true that it doesn't make it right if the devil is in it because the devil told Eve some truth but one, 1% lie and that was enough to destroy them. Of course they are in heaven. But at least enough to cause all our problems. We are in church. The church is because of them. <laughs> this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and spoke to the demon within her. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he said, and instantly it left her. <clears throat> her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is then is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted. They are teaching the people to do things that are against Roman customs. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods, with backs bleeding. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So he took no chances but put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. No hope of escape. Around midnight, oh glory, whether it could be the midnight hour of a person's life. This was literal midnight, but at this midnight, they were in stocks, they were in the dungeon, they were in prison. But it could be the midnight hour of someone's life. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. So it wasn't a short event. They were praying and then they sang hymns to God. Suddenly, suddenly there was a great earthquake and the prison was shaking to its foundations. All the doors flew open. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. Now someone will say it's because of the prayer and not the praise and worship. I'll, I'll, I'll not say anything. I'll give you the verses and then we'll touch it down. Look at Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. Verse uh, King James. And at the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers 
Acts 13, 1 to 3, such as Barnabas, King James, please, such as Barnabas, Simeon, King James, please. I'm almost out of time, please. One day, <laughs> one day as we were praying, as, as we were going down to the place of prayer, oh no, Acts 13. <laughs> What's happening in there? Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. <clears throat> King James, please. <laughs> KJV. Now there was in the church at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, which is called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manian, which was brought up with Herod, with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Who glory to God. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work we want to have called them. This is very important. Look at NLT for this. <clears throat> I, want, I, don't want to, I want you to understand what the word ministering is. I know it already, but I want you to see it. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Ghost said, or the Holy Spirit said, so there are times that when you want to hear from God, start worship. Start worshiping God, and God will start speaking. Most of the time, when I am in worship at home, it doesn't happen in church, because God wants you to worship him face to face in your home. Then when you come to church, you are topping, it's the Icing is it the tip of the iceberg? God wants us to be worshiping Him at home. Many times, as I'm worshiping God, then God is telling me things. One day, these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 10. To 17 and then 20 to 22 and now second chronicles chapter 20 now let me give you uh, 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 you can follow up let's start from verse 1 but I'll quickly give the story please make sure you are catching up with me now there was a time that the surrounding countries that surrounded Judah were at war against them. All of a sudden, they heard that the armies, the surrounding armies wanted to annihilate them. Think about a few group of people versus maybe millions of people. Of course, it wasn't millions, but like say, as many people as you could imagine. They wanted to annihilate them. And these were the list of people, Amorites, continue, Jebusite, yeah, all these things, Hoshaphat, they wanted to declare war. Please keep it at King James. So people from all Judah, so the king called everyone from, the, uh, from the Judah and told them that let's come there, and let's pray to God because all these countries want to destroy us. And, to, and so they decided to pray to God and said, God. Please hear us. All of a sudden, these neighboring countries, they have surrounded us, 
And they are coming to annihilate us and to cast us out of your possession, the possession you give us. Lord, hear our prayers. Continue, please. Does it. And said, oh, Lord, our God, the God of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven? And rulest not thou over the, all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Verse 7. Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein, for thy name saying, if when evil cometh upon us, and it goes on, verse 20, 10. So this is the kind of history. And now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us. So they were supposed to destroy them and despair them. And now look at how they are rewarding us. To cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit, to cast them out of the land. O oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. What a prayer. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, so as the king said this, then there was a guy who the spirit of the Lord came upon. Came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Verse 15. And he said, Hacking ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat, thus said the Lord unto you, Be not dismayed, by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. Tomorrow, so you understand the whole thing. The king calls them and says, we are going to be annihilated. So please, let's pray. And they pray to God. Then as they were praying, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. And then he said, tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. And ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. Ye shall not fight, need to fight this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohites and of the children of the Kohites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Are you getting this so far? And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. 
Believe his prophets, so, so shall he prosper. Believe in God and you will be established. Believe what his prophet is saying and you will, be, you will prosper. Now, this is very important. So it means that whatever Jehaziah told them was concerning to them, most likely decided to cry. Most likely they, they didn't believe what he said. I'll explain why. Look at the next verse. Verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people. Now think about it. Why are you consulting with the people? So it means that, okay, let's, let, let's finish it. He appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army. And to say, praise the Lord for his mercies endure it forever. Verse 22. Now, go to 21. Now, this is very important. So, what this verse is saying is that they've prayed. The army is coming to annihilate them. As the army is coming, they pray to God, and then the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Jehaziel. And Jehaziel tells them that, you know what? The army is coming, but I want you to do one thing. God says that you should put the worship team, the young ladies in the worship team, put them ahead of the army with all the instruments, and go to war against this mighty army. Can you imagine? Maybe 10,000 people, and you are putting the ladies and the worship team ahead of the army. What will happen? They will kill them. Against maybe 400,000 people. So there was an uproar, and the people were crying, and the people were saying, no, 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 this is not God, this is not God. Then he said, believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will prosper. And then he had consulted with the people to tell them that, look, it's going to be okay. Trust God. The battle is not yours, but God's. So he put, then he said, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Next verse. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord ambushed. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments. Look at it in NLT. So it was at the point of praising and singing that the Lord ambushed the enemy. You didn't get that. Messengers came. Oh my God, my goodness. Who is doing it? Please, you spoiled it. Abby, just take over for me. As at the moment they began to, at the moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. So it was at the point, at the moment they began to sing. I don't know if you are getting it. At the moment they began to sing, at the moment they began to sing and to praise, the Lord ambushed. If they were not singing and praising, nothing. But it was at the point, the more, oh, I don't know if you are getting it. At the moment they began to sing and to praise, the Lord ambushed the enemy. Now go back to King James. Now that word ambush. I have a, 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 a friend in Minneapolis called Sergeant. Sergeant, first class bearding. He was in the army. And as I was preaching this message sometime at a convention, he explained what the word ambush is in the army. An ambush is a perimeter. So we are setting a perimeter. 
And the ambush, anyone who falls in the perimeter cannot survive. Zero percent of survivor at an ambush. So the Bible says, who oh, glory to God. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments. You understand why the uh, sergeant said that? Against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Continue. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and to destroy them. So they started to fight against each other. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. <laughs> That's an ambush. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked upon unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies falling to the earth, and none escaped. None of the enemies were escaped. I said, and none escaped. It even gets better. This is not the end. Let's continue. This is what happens. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, in those days, when people go to war, they have spoil. They have pans, sauces, plates, spoil, and certain silverware. But they don't have jewelry. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches and dead bodies. What are riches doing? Because the, the, the riches of the, 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 the wicked are going to be stored up for the righteous. They found both in abundance riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels. What are they doing with precious jewels? Which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. When you are praising and worshiping God, there will be so much spoil. This is a time when there, where there was hopelessness. No hope of survival. Zero chance of survival. 10,000 people against 400,000 people. And they were told that put the worship team ahead. Put the worship team in front of the army. Let them be playing the drums and instruments. Let them go and attack. But remember that he said that the battle is not yours but God's. And the Lord ambushed as they began to sing. Look at 22 again. As, did, I don't know if you got that. As they began to sing and to praise. Oh, glory to God. Now we know the story also. There was a time that the children of Israel were going to fight a war. I'll tell you the verse as you understand. They were going to fight a war. But this place, it was impenetrable. They were going to go to Canaan. But Canaan shared a war with Jericho. So they had to go through Jericho before they could get to Canaan. And Jericho was also going to be one of their, their places they were going to inhabit. So, but the walls were fortified. When they closed the gates, you cannot go through. Zero percent of going through. And this will be found in Joshua 6, 1 to 21. Then God told Joshua, I'm going to give you the land of Jericho. But I'm sure in Joshua's mind, how is it possible? The walls are so high, no one can enter. The walls are thick, so strong. How, how, how are we going to go through? God said, I'll give it to you. What I want you to do is to march around with the priests and the singers. Don't make much sound. Just be, be playing the drums. Don't make much sound. Go around one. Day one, two, day two, three, day four, 
five, six, and then the seven, go around seven times. When you finished, give a shout, oh, glory to God, give a shout of praise. I said, at the seven, after the seven time, give a shout of praise. When you give the shout of praise, the walls will come tumbling down and then take Jericho, it's yours. The Bible says that as they began to shout a shout of victory, the walls came down. There is something about shouting and praising God in the midst of storm that the devil cannot stand. And when you start to shout and start to praise God in the midst of storm, the devil has to give way. I tell you, every wall of opposition will go down when you begin to sing and to praise God. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. No wonder Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four. 24, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. What things soever, whatever you desire, what do you desire? Believe you've received and you shall have. Believe you've received. Please, can I have your pen? What do I say? Thank you. Be because you've given it to me. God is saying, say thank you before you have it. Oh, glory. Amen. Say thank you before you have it. That is where the praise comes in. Because when God has given you a miracle, oh God, I bless you. Oh God, I thank you. Oh God, I worship you. Start to do that before you have it. That shows you have faith. How can you say you have faith when you are giving him the praise after you have it? Then you are no more giving faith. Then it's not faith. You are thanking him, which is good. But God says, thank me to show your faith before you have it and you have it. So the children of Israel, they began to praise the Lord and God ambushed the enemy. We also read about Paul and Silas. It was at the time they were praying and singing praises to God that the foundations of the prison were loosed. And we give an example, a true account of a man in the 40s, 30s, who had tuberculosis. In those days, the miracle drugs, in those days, they were called the miracle drugs, antibiotics. Now, it's nothing to us, but in those days, it was miracle drugs. Like when the cure for cancer comes, miracle drugs. Hallelujah. Now, when the miracle drugs came, the antibiotics, before it came, it was a death sentence, like cancer. So there was a man of God who was diagnosed with tuberculosis, and it was time to die. He had pastors pray for him. He, when there's a prayer line, he'll come, they'll pray for him. Hours of hours of prayer. The whole church prayed for him. He'll go and visit churches, I'm about to die. They'll pray for him, but he was still getting worse. Until the doctors told him that, if I were you, I'll go to the farmland with family so that I can have a good quality of life before I die. Meaning that go and spend time with family and let them comfort you as you die. Hmm. So, before he went, he, he, they prayed for him and he asked, how many are going to pray for me? Thousands of hands lifted up. So he went to the farmland ready to die. As he was getting weaker, he was hemorrhaging from the lungs. Blood pouring. When he coughs, blood is spilling out. Hemorrhaging from the lungs. Just dying. <laughs> TB is wild. And he couldn't move anymore. He couldn't speak anymore. He was bedfast. No movement. 
Then one day, he said, all these people have prayed. So many hours of prayer, no hope. I'm dying. Now, I better do something different. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. The prayers have not worked, or they've worked in a way, but I'm dying. So let me do something different. Now, I am going to praise God, and I'm going to continue to praise him, and I'm going to crawl to the, the field. And God, I'm going to praise you, and if you don't heal me, I'll be dead there, and the buzzards will lead the family members to me because there'll be a smelling. Yeah, they'll lead them. So, thank you, God. I bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for healing me. Then crawling. He couldn't walk. He couldn't talk. Then as he began to thank God, God, I thank you for healing me. Lord, I praise you. You are good. You are faithful. Thank you for healing me. Then his voice became, became louder. Thank you for healing me. Thank until he began to shout. And he shouted so loud that the family members heard him from far away. When they came to him, he was totally healed. Now, what was the difference with all the prayer? The difference was that he began to praise and to thank God for the healing before it happened. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. The walls of opposition came down. Jericho's walls, they came down by praise. The enemy was ambushed by the devil by praise. The foundation of the prisons were shaken and loosed and everyone's chains were loosed as they worshipped and praised God. There is power in thanksgiving and praise. Also, when you worship God, God speaks to you. Sometimes you are looking for answers. Sometimes you are looking for solutions. Sometimes you are looking for direction. It is as you and I begin to worship God that the answers come. And as they minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas. So sometimes the prayer is activated with power when after you've prayed, you start to praise and worship God. There is power in praise and worship. There is power in thanksgiving and praise. Because as you are praising God, I mean, imagine God in heaven, you are praising him and thanking him in the midst of a storm. And you are thanking him for something he is not yet done. He will be motivated and moved to do it. Because you are thanking him for it. You are saying that, God, I believe you. Lord, I believe your word. You will do it, Lord. Today you are going to do it. And you will do it. He says, prove me now, said the Lord. Show me my word. To, I mean, uh, uh, remind me of my word, and I'll perform my word. I'll perform it. The power of thanksgiving and praise. So from today, I want to encourage us to be people who are thankful to God, people who are worshipers of God, people who praise the Lord for the beauty of his holiness. And as you begin to praise, to worship, to thank the Lord, the Lord will ambush the enemies of our lives. Hallelujah to Jesus. Shall we stand to our feet and just bless the Lord? Let's bless the Lord. Let's bless the Lord. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we bless you. Thank you for the power of praise. When prayer fails, or it seems prayer is failing, pray, thanksgiving and praise activates the blessing, activates the power, activates the power of God. Oh, Father God, give me the heart of worship to you. Give me the grace to be a prayerful person, a person who is thankful to you, a person who praises the beauty of your holiness. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Just bless his name. Just give him thanks. Thank him for how good he's been and how good he is. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we give you honor. We worship you. Make us praiseworthy. Make us people who are praising you all the time. That we are worthy to praise you and to worship you. For you deserve all of it. You are worthy. You are worthy of all praise, all worship, all adoration. Give us hearts of worship. Hearts of worship, oh God. In the name of Jesus. We bless your holy name. We thank you. Whilst we are praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you know in your heart that you are not born again, if you know in your heart that you are far away from God, and you know that if you die today, you do not know whether you go to heaven or hell. If you want Jesus Christ to save you, if you want him to be the Lord of your life, I want you to raise your hands and I'll pray with you. If you want Jesus Christ to save you, if you want to be born again, I want to encourage us all to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins. Please cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We may take our seats in the presence of the Lord. Father God, we pray for those who have surrendered to you. Bless them and keep them. Preserve them in Jesus' name, amen. It's time for us to pay tithe, give offering. Hallelujah. I want to encourage us to give to the Lord. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, rubbing, running over, shall God cause men to give unto your bosom. One of the things that we must aspire to do is to be givers. Hallelujah to the Lord. Father God, bless our offering. Bless our tithe in the name of Jesus, our Christ. Amen. So you can, uh, you can give either text to give or you can just uh, give to, uh, yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Father God, bless Bless. Bless our tithe. Bless our offering. You can also give on the screen. 
In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. And I want to say God bless those online. I want to say God bless you. I want to bless, say God bless you, all of us here, those on Zoom, those here, those online. God bless you. God keep you. God cause his face to shine upon you. God lift up. May he lift up his countenance upon you all. And may he give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you online. Shalom, shalom. Until next time, amen.